Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This episode is featuring Jessica Sarah. Jess is a professional cyclist. She is a sports nutrition entrepreneur, and she's the founder of the Last Best Gravel Race in Whitefish, Montana. So if you just Google the Last Best Montana, you're going to learn all about that super rad event that she's putting on. It was a big success this past summer. It's in late August. Please check that out. And we'll post that in show notes, and we'll also include a link to Jess's Instagram and the last best Instagram too. So you can follow along with all the news there, but it is, uh, looks like an absolute great event and run by tremendous people and supporting some really great causes. They've even got a scholarship. We get into all of that in the podcast. This episode of the show is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company. We've set up something a little bit different with State. So first of all, you can visit them at statebicycle.com and you can use code ADVENTURE2022. That code's going to be good for the next 30 days and it's going to give you free shipping anywhere in the United States. So it's ADVENTURE2022 is the code that you want to use to get free shipping at statebicycle.com. They've got some tremendous holidays deals going on right now, both on bikes and gear and apparel. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the Black Bibs, who are home to the now legendary $40 bib shorts. As you know, they are also coming up with a lot of cool custom stuff that you can see as it's rotating through seasonally at theblackbibs.com. Check back early and often because they have regular uh, changes to, to their stock. They're also putting together, I'm very excited to tell you this, some adventure audio jerseys that you can order. They'll be custom run, so they'll make them just for you so you can get an adventure audio jersey and we'd be so stoked to see you out wearing them so they're going to be up soon again check back at the black bibs and hopefully you can pick up an adventure audio jersey uh they're going to do them in two colors kind of a super dark gray almost black like the color that i was wearing during my everesting attempt and they're also going to do it in an olive they're such a sick fitting jersey they're just awesome so hope you can check that out Lastly, the podcast is brought to you by Wheel Science. If you missed our episode with Peter Coombe from Wheel Science, go back just a few episodes and check that out. You can learn a little bit about who Peter is. I think if you give that episode a listen, you will agree that he would be a great person to consult on a wheel build. But he also has wheels in stock, so you can check them out at wheelscience.com. You can also use code ADVENTUREAUDIO there. You're going to get 10% off if you do that. So hey, buy yourself some new hoops for 2022. On to Jessica, Sarah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and tuning in. We're going to put together a couple of highlight episodes for you. So happy holidays, everybody. And uh, we hope you enjoy this one leading into your Christmas weekend. Welcome back to Montana. Like you, you grew up here, right? And then you, you moved away and then now you're back. So you're kind of sandwiched kind of between Pete now, you know, I'm in Missoula and Pete's up in, yes. Pete's up in Calgary. So yeah. Yeah, but that's a beautiful part of Montana for sure up there. Yeah, I love yeah. it here. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to hear kind of how, what got you started on riding your bike. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I heard a lot. That's a place to start. How did, it yeah. all, uh, how did it all begin with the bicycle? Yeah. It usually goes all the way back to childhood. But then there's a transition into, you know, making it like a profession, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny that you say that because growing up, you would think we're in this community where it mountain biking primarily, um, that I would know what racing was or have an idea, but I had no idea that people race bikes. Um, it wasn't something that my family did like competitively or, you know, I grew up in a pretty low income family. Um, my mom cleans houses. She still does. And I remember she had clients that road biked 
And I was really fascinated because they would like go out on a ride when we would show up to clean and I'd watch them like clip into the pedals. And they were the only people in town that had those weird bikes with those handlebars. <laughs> so that was yeah. my exposure to, to road cycling. And really it was in grad school that I found riding um, sort of accidentally through the research that I was doing. I was looking at um, calcium lost through sweat and how that affected bone density in elite male cyclists. So I was around a lot of elite cyclists and clearly San Diego is a Mecca for riding. And so it, my curiosity was peaked for sure. Yeah. And then I ended up doing a VO2 max test in our exercise physiology lab. And my VO2 max in tennis shoes on the lab bike was 72 milliliters per kilogram per minute. Holy cow. With no training. Like With no training. Even, yeah. So and they're I, like, wow a mountain biker and she was like um hello you're coming out with our team this weekend and i went out with the team and i just like smoked them all on the uphills and then i would like get off lower my seat and like creep down because <laughs> i was just i didn't have that skill set yet but luckily i was surrounded by really cool people who taught me that skill set and yeah it's easy when I've you often wondered about that as cycling and uh, like Tyler would know a lot more about this and so would you, but it's from a de de developmental standpoint, it's really interesting. That there's, there's people walking around with that superpower and nobody knows it, right? They don't right. even know it. Yeah. Yep. I know it's really interesting. Um, I was just listening to Ted King's podcast with Mitch Stalker and he was talking about how the world tour sort of like, looks for that now almost too much where we've gone away from the race craft and it's yeah. really interesting that he said that because somehow because I had a mountain biking background when I got into road racing comfort and skills and you know moving through the pack then that was not something that I lacked it just came so naturally to me um, and when you have that you're instantly more calm and I think the more calm you become in races, like that's where you kind of find that secret, that efficiency, those things that a lot of people don't talk about that are completely unrelated to fitness. So I found that interesting and, and agreed that we definitely, a lot of, you see a lot of people staring at their power meters these days, but there's a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah. I listened to that podcast, that Ted King's podcast with Mitch Docker as well. And yeah, I thought it was a, a great interview and yeah, no one focuses really on, you know, riders, you know, learning to drive their bikes, you know, and as you were saying, like you become way more efficient when you know how to ride your bike well and can navigate yourself through the Peloton or, yeah. or on the single track if you're on a mountain bike. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like VO2 so, max is so important, but if that was so, the only metric, you could just hold all these races on Swift and yeah, just sure, decide them all that way, sure, right? But that's, yeah. it's not always the highest VO2 max or the highest yeah. watts per kilo that wins a race, right? Yeah. So what happened after this? I'm horrible oh, at Zwift. Go ahead. <laughs> I honestly am horrible at Zwift. Like, I like to be outside, and yeah. I don't like training with a power meter. I'm more of the type that's like, just go as hard as you can and put yourself in situations. I love doing really hard group rides, or I did when I was training hard. I, I'd get my butt dropped right now for sure. But yeah. So, so, so what happened after the VO2 max test with your sneakers? So this professor um, convinced me. Actually, my first set of real clip-in pedals were one pedal from one friend that he had left over. The right pedal, and then someone else found the left pedal in their garage and I kind of P 
piece together a bike and <laughs> I started, That's I've awesome. made payments on my professor. She had a Ellsworth Truth. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that mountain bike brand. Uh, it was really popular back in the early 2000s. And I, my first mountain bike race, I came second. I was on the podium. I was like, okay, there's something, something to this. And I had read about Xterra off-road triathlon in a magazine, the world championship. Uh, it sounded really cool. The lava fields and like, I, they had talked about this guy who'd crashed on his face and they named him meatloaf head. And I was like, that sounds rad. I want to do that, but I didn't know how to swim and I didn't have a running background either. So my professor was actually married to Leslie Patterson, is married to Leslie Patterson still. She's three-time Xterra world champion now. Oh, wow. And she became my coach and yeah, went out, did my first Xterra, was on the podium, qualified for the world championship. And it was just, you know, a quick acceleration. And like most type A athletes, I was not great at swimming or running, but I wanted to improve on the things that I was bad at. And eventually realized like, oh, I'm much better at riding and that comes really easily to me. Maybe I should focus on that. And what ended up happening is I've had the iliac artery endofibrosis in both legs, oh, but wow. the first one happened when I was racing triathlon and it took two years to diagnose and it completely stopped me from running. So I finally diagnosed that and had the surgery and then was using road cycling to kind of get rehab myself back and everyone was just convincing me like you have so much talent on the road you should focus on that and I ended up doing that and getting getting my first professional contract with team 2016 that's now team 20 yeah yeah um only to have the surgery in my first season on my other leg it was a really rough, it was a rough go. I didn't, I wasn't mature enough to rehab. Um, I was really sick. I couldn't finish races. So as people were getting more fit, I was getting less and losing my confidence and wondering like, what have I got myself into? And, um, and then I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So I found out I had autoimmune disorder that oh. was very acute to being injured and kind of overtraining myself to compensate. So it was rough, but the cool thing was, is I ended up learning even more of that skill that I was saying earlier, the race craft. Um, and I ended up becoming a really good domestique. And in 2016, I rode for Kristen Armstrong. And when she went to do her final um, TT at the Olympics, I had a horrible crash that year. Um, I was crashed out at Tour of Gila, but it taught me so much about racing and so many other things and like being a captain and being positive and calm and all of the things at once. And my road career was never what I expected it to be. Like I wanted to be the next Evie Stevens. I wanted to be the best. And I had the capacity to do that, but there's another plan for me. And it ended up being really cool because once I switched to Team Hoggins Berman, I was able to be a really good um, team captain. And we had super talented riders on that team, like Lily Williams, and being able to help them excel became the reason why I loved racing, not the results. That's great. And so and then at some point, you transitioned off the road to, uh, to gravel. Yeah. And, and, Pete, actually, and I, Pete and I love to talk about gravel. 
that when you lived in Rhino Gravel, yeah. So yeah, yeah when, did, when did that happen? Bug. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, with the, the background in mountain biking, I always love, you know, being a little more off-road and you know how laser focused you are when you're a road racer, you kind of forget mm -hmm. like what fun or adventure is sometimes. And yeah. I actually went to Ted and Laura's inaugural year of Rooted Vermont. Okay. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know that race, put it on your uh, list because it's just like, it's a whole weekend. And Laura texts me and said, hey, do you want to come to our race? And she thought I would say no, because it was two weeks before Colorado Classic. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, actually, but I don't have a bike. And she said, you can use my bike. You can stay with us. So I snuck out there, did it, and was like, oh, I had so much fun. And just like watching people drink beer and eat creamies the night before an event was a nice change of pace out of the yeah. really serious road scene. And I was considering retiring anyways and focusing more on my energy bar company jojo bar and that's really what sold me and it also is what inspired the idea for our event because where they live in vermont in richmond it's just it's like one of those communities where everyone knows each other supports each other it has its own special flair um and you can't create that it's just you know it's there it's organic um yeah, so that that's what kind of got me into gravel. And it's been it's been a cool transition. I don't I'm not aiming to win races or be an elite racer at this point. I'm aiming to help people get into the sport. That's more my goal. So it feels like you're calling now. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you mentioned the energy bar company. Can you tell us a little bit about that and where how do you fit that all in? Yeah, so that actually goes back to my coach, Leslie. She was diagnosed with Lyme's disease after getting bit by a tick. I think at wow. Moose Man is a race somewhere in, I think it's actually in Vermont. Yeah. So she had Lyme's disease like 2010, 2011. Her doctor told her to go on a gluten-free diet and that was not accessible at the time. So she was like, oh, what am I going to do? We love to eat cookies while we're riding. We love to eat baked goods. And I said, I think that I can create something that tastes like a cookie is gluten-free. I don't know how to bake gluten-free, but I'll figure it out. And I also had this unique idea at the time, the research was showing that endurance athletes needed more fat in their fuel. And before mm -hmm. it was like carbs, 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 which we do, but we also need a lot of fat for those lower levels. So I thought I'm going to kind of switch up this macronutrient profile and make it our own and then see if that helps us with like stomach irritation that we were having um specifically like getting off the bike and running in a triathlon is a whole different ball game yeah. like figuring that out so i created it in my kitchen and before i knew it people had found out and i was up until like two in the morning baking these pans of bars wrapping them in foil shipping them around the country and I was also supporting myself um, as a private chef on the side of racing. And some of my clients said, you know, Jess, you have a business. And I, I was like, no, I don't know anything about business. I don't know what I'm doing. And they really helped me. Um, they actually helped me find a co-packer and just go basically from my kitchen to a facility that made the product. Wow. And from there, it took off and REI picked us up in 2019. And that really like propelled the company forward. Um, 
and align with a lot of the mission that we have with diversity, equity, inclusion, um, kind of finding our people in the outdoor space. And then in March, I sold JoJ to a company called Elite Active Nutrition. And it's Elite, A-L-E-T-E for all athletes. Mm -hmm. And it's, we're building a platform of sports nutrition brands with athlete founders who are really involved. And we're focused on community and growing these brands, um, like smaller brands, taking them and growing them to the next step. So I joined the family of Salt Stick that had already been acquired. And we recently acquired Bonk Breaker. So we oh, have wow. a, a really cool, um, yeah, really cool group of people. And it's been crazy. Yeah, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. From what started Good for you. an accidental business. Yeah. That's a great story. Taught myself how to yeah. be a CEO, taught myself how to run a business. Like just, yeah, just you That's just great. learn. And, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, Gary Erickson from Cliff Bar, he, he has the same kind of story, yeah. you know, so. You know, he started, he started Cliff Bar in his mom's garage. So, yeah. Yeah, Gary's a huge inspiration for anyone in the space that I'm in, for sure. Yeah, it's I think a great, like Justin's peanut butter is great similar story. to like Sim yep, Justin's yep. butter. Yeah, like that's, that's just so yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And what's interesting is both of those guys are really, really open about mentoring and sharing, especially Justin. I got to know him at a natural food trade show and he, he's like, he'll take phone calls and he's just super cool, you know, um, down to earth. So he's I got, tried to be. Yeah. Oh, he's got a great story about just how it all started, you know. Yeah. He had a bunch of yeah. roommates, you know, and so he, he made his own peanut butter at the grocery store and. He just had Justin's on the side of it in the fridge because he didn't want his roommates to eat it. So, yeah, yeah. good story. But, yeah, this is a great story, Jess. And then, you know, that's not enough. You got to keep, stay busier, it sounds like, you know. So not, you're a pro, pro athlete. You, know, you work with any energy bar company and, and then you started this race. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah tell us about the race. You're compulsively yeah. busy, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I. It's funny. That's. Laura King made the introduction to both of you and um, we've become really good friends and we found that we're so similar and I think it's really neat that there's a lot of women in the space finding each other and motivating each other and you, you're seeing more female race directors um, yeah. and yeah so our race is called The Last Best Ride. It's in Whitefish, Montana and we named it after the state's moniker which is The Last Best Place. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and because it really is this, I mean, you know, Glacier, I know, don't tell anyone, everyone already knows. <laughs> like, you're moving here, but don't bring the problems. You I saw, um, you know, uh, Tyler used to coach her. You, you might know who she is, Meg Fisher. She's a, yeah. a Paralympic athlete. Yeah. I just saw she was wearing a hat the other day. I saw it on Instagram and it said, Montana is for badasses. <laughs> like, That's a great hat. <laughs> Um, I should probably tell you a little anecdote about Meg. <laughs> no, you brought her yeah. up. She did our race last year and, um, we actually have a para category this year and she is, has really been pushing for that in the space and it's, it's much needed. I feel like that's a category where, that we don't talk a lot about for representation for some reason. Like we think it's some other group of people over here and it shouldn't be, but my 
second ever race, my second ever Xterra was in Bozeman. Nice. And I showed up with my dad and my sister and it was freezing cold. And I was so nervous. I went to put my bike in the transition area and I freaked out. And I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this. Like I can't get in this water. I'm way too nervous. And I turned around and Meg was standing next to me. And she said, I had never met her before. She was like, Hey, I'm Meg. Um, I forgot my multi-tool and I need one to put my leg on after the swim. I was wondering if I could borrow yours. And <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. You can use my multi-tool. I'll leave it here. And it just, that moment in time probably changed my entire pathway in sport because I was about to leave. And then I realized like, Hey, this, I mean, if she can do it, I can do it first off. And she's so happy and positive. And this can be more about fun. And I ended up winning the race that day, like the overall. <laughs> no way. So, I just seriously were about wow. to leave. Yeah. Wow. I seriously was. Have you told Meg that story? Yeah. yeah. I've told her that story. That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. story. She's a real inspiration. Yeah. She has that sort of like contagious positive energy yeah. when you're around her. Um, mm -hmm. Totally. And it, yeah, she's, she's just a really cool person. So yeah. Fellow Montanan. <laughs> totally. And she's just very much like a, yeah, you can do it. It's okay. Just yeah. come on. Right. Like just encouraging to everybody. Okay. And yeah. So, okay. So to go back to the last best ride really quick, um, where it looks did you hard. Know, did did you hard. know you were going to do it in Whitefish? Like, did you know that needed to be your yeah. hub when you started thinking about building it out? And, and how did you start route planning and all of that stuff? Well, I knew my partner, Sam Boardman, and I knew we were going to move back to Whitefish. We knew we needed to get out of California. It was getting expensive. Um, and COVID really showed like places that brought out the worst or best in people. And yeah. we, just, we needed something a little slower paced. Um, even though Sam races for Legion, which is based in LA, they've been supportive of riders living all over the country as most teams are. But we were here in 2020 over the summer. And because we weren't going to any races, we started exploring. And I did not realize the gravel that we have here is so insane. And we were riding in places and seeing views that I had never seen in my life growing up here. And I felt like I knew my way around pretty well. And after yeah. being at Rooted, like I said, I started thinking, why doesn't Whitefish have a race like that? Um, it turns out that it is very hard to permit a race. There's a, I think we had seven land permits, but- So much work. It's a lot of you've got work. This, you've got it is. So you've got municipalities, you have other little mm -hmm. private fiefdoms to deal yeah. with, some private lands you might have, or just any stakeholder, right? Like you're going yeah. past somebody's driveway, so they need to know about it. And you need to document that, like, I get it. You it's sound like you've done this before. <laughs> yeah, Pete's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's totally like... Uh, it was a huge learning experience and luckily everyone embraced it. Like even the forest service, when we first went to them, they were like, Whoa, that's, you know, 550, that's big. We've sort of, we're, they're evolving their process of how they permit because mm -hmm. this was such a success, but, um, yeah, our gravel is so unique and so special and so hard. Like you said, Tyler, it's, you're going straight up or you're going straight down. It's, and it's not sandy but it's chunky. Um, 
you know, there's some gravel races that you could probably get away riding a road bike with sure. maybe like 32 tires. You you can't get away with that here or you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a very fun day. It would be a stressful day. So we knew we had like the course and the beauty and the selling point of everyone wants to visit Whitefish. Everyone wants to go to Glacier. So we felt like we could make it a destination and a family destination. And also it gave me the opportunity to create something that I've wanted to create my whole life, which was a scholarship um, because I grew up, like I said, lower income and access uh, community grants and scholarships to go to college. And that was something that I learned in high school that it was expensive to go to college and kind of had to break down my sophomore year. And my guidance counselor, Mrs. Mansfield, worked with me for almost three years on filling out scholarship applications. And I ended up completely funding my undergrad education that way. So always wanted to have my own scholarship. And as we started building this out, there's two women, Megan Snow and Elise Donovan, who um, are both gravel cyclists. Elise couldn't do the event, unfortunately. She had um, a, a personal issue come up, but they worked with me on creating the applications and creating you know, the scoring matrix and getting the applications into the schools and just really volunteered their time. But when I called Whitefish High School to talk to the guidance counselor, I found out that Mrs. Mansfield was still there. And no I graduated in 2000. So this, I was not expecting her to be there. And we had an emotional phone call and I asked her, can I name the scholarship after you? I mean, you oh, completely, you just you, gave me goosebumps. I yeah. know we were, we were bawling and I was like, you know, it's something special when an educator or an adult treats you with respect um, they put an effort into you. It, it changes how you feel about yourself. I mean, sometimes being financially disadvantaged, it doesn't make you feel very good, especially in high school. And when someone puts that effort in, it gives you this confidence and the support. And that's, you know, the theme around our scholarship is so these young women understand that, like, there's people who are coming out from all over the country to a bike race who are donating extra, who care about them. Like there's a community of support there and it's not just about the financial support. So we're hoping to grow it where we have a mentorship program, where we have a connection to professional um, internship opportunities. So there's a, there's a lot that we want to do with it. And that's why we are becoming a nonprofit. So we're in the application process to become a nonprofit. So we can do we can do more work with that. That's fantastic. Incredible. Will you will you remind us her name again? That's um, awesome. This is Mansfield. So it's the Barbara Mansfield Champion Scholar Award. And we Very yeah, cool. we really wanted it to have like a positive name because sometimes the word scholarship is like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like you're poor. <laughs> so you need help. And it it's like these women are they have academic merit and their applications brought me to tears. It's just like you wouldn't believe what, you know, some young people go through and, and they're still, they still have straight A's and they're still working full time to help their families. And it, it's just so incredible. Good for you. I can't even imagine her reaction like 20 years yeah. later, having that yeah. conversation with you, like talk about like validating her career. <laughs> right? I mean, wow. I that's so cool. 
we honored her at the scholarship evening in May. Uh, I called the principal and she didn't know. And I was able to give a little speech and honor her. So it was, it was special. That's great. Educators are so underrated. <laughs> a thousand yeah. percent. Oh yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Tyler knows all about it. Um, so you started this race and it's, boom, it was an instant success. Yeah. I mean, that was so your, your first, first one year? first this year, right? This year yeah. was the first one. Okay. The yeah, first, we sold the, out. 2020 was, you know, postponed, right? We didn't actually or, 2020 we just started planning. So oh, yeah, okay, okay. when we sold out and um <clears throat> you know, again, back to like Ted and Laura's event, really it's great when you have that community, like they were really helpful. Um Laura and Kristen Motley actually run that event together. And my friends, Whitney and Zach Allison have an event in Fort Collins. And so I was able to like pull from their experience, pull from their planning. And, and, and that really helped. Uh, we, we were really excited that we sold out and then we had a huge wait list. Um, so it was you. great. Yeah, it was great. And it was super smoky here all summer. It was hotter than usual. We had temperatures in the hundreds from June on. And there, a lot of people were <laughs> getting a lot of emails <laughs> wanting us to be the weather gods. And then yeah. it rained. It rained the weekend of our event. And it was like super eerie and moody and foggy. And it was so cool. It was like completely different than we were expecting. And it set the tone. And then the afternoon of the race, uh, all the clouds parted and boom, sunshine for the post-race party. So it worked out as it should have, and it was really neat. Good for and you. You've got, two, you've got two race distances, right? Yeah, so we have the Mountain Goat Short Course, which is 47 miles and 4,300 feet of climbing, which if you it's think about that it- that Wow, that's a lot. Hard that's ride. a lot short. Yeah. And then we have the Bighorn Sheep Long Course, which was 90 miles and just over 8,000 feet of climbing. And you're in remote areas. So we recommended that everyone carried bear spray and knew how to use it. And But we had really, we had a great emergency medical plan. We had medical staff all over the course. And the worst they needed to attend to was a bee sting in the lip. So oh, good, good. in a safe good. race, um, we had our volunteers knocked it out of the park with our aid stations. It was just super rad. Like at the sort of the high point on the course, there was an aid station in the fog and they had a disco machine going and they had lays on the trees, like leading up to the climb. And people who aren't from here were telling me that they just thought they were never going to see a person again. <laughs> like, I'm out there and I'm like, okay, Jess, what the heck? And then I like start seeing the disco lights and, um, and then that part of the course takes you on the long course to what we call the Bighorn Sheep Scramble, which is a hike a bike that one pro mountain biker rode up. But it's that became sort of like the iconic part of our race was that hike a bike. So that's was, wild, like a young kid, right? A young pro, yeah. Caleb Schwartz, that's awesome. He, he rode up it, and Sam had been trying to ride up that thing all summer. And Caleb raced on a mountain bike. And so the week after the race, Sam went out there on his mountain bike and rode up it. That's cool. <laughs> that's, cool. that's cool. He could clean it. Good for him. He has I did it. I Good just didn't him. know I needed a mountain bike. Good yeah. 
So, and then I ride for the Penarello Scuderia team and I'm like, I'm more of a community leader on that team. So they were the title sponsor to our event and very supportive. We created a mentorship program on the side of the scholarship program for high school aged women who wanted to race. So I did a free clinic where we did um, like mechanical stuff one day we rode we went to the lake and had dinner and had like the bonding portion and then the next day we did a skills and nutrition clinic and we did another longer ride so those uh young women attended the clinic and then they also attended the race and all of my partners velocio sent kits jiro sent helmets wahoo sent um bottles and some other cool stuff renee hearst sent tires and then penarello provided the bikes. so in a year of no wow. equipment i have such great partners that they rallied together to get these women set up to race and one of them actually did the long course which is pretty wow. rad for a 15 year old <laughs> i think that's pretty that's rad that is a long day out in the woods it is a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I haven't, I haven't cycled in whitefish. I haven't been to whitefish since I was a kid, but I imagine that the gravel is very similar to Alberta, which is not, not smooth and polished roads at all. Right. Like no. we're rocky, chunky, yes. rooted. There's, there's ruts from snow melts. Like it's, yeah. it's not like you bring your mountain biking skills for sure. Right. Yeah. So, it's not so 90 forward. miles is not all created equally. Not no, definitely not. And we really emphasize that to people just because, you know, like take advantage of the aid stations sure. because basically from mile 50 to mile 65, you're climbing. You you do like over 4,000 feet of climbing in that section, which is significant. It actually shocked me. Ted, Ted King won, Howard Grotz um, yes. came in second and it was like a sprint finish. And I had actually, I showed Ted the finish a few days before because it wasn't straightforward. It's kind of tricky to get back into town and we have to loop people on the bike path under this little overpass and onto a sidewalk. And so it's not just like you're, you're coming down the line, but they, they did the race in under five hours. It kind of shocked, it even shocked Sam. We were like, no way anyone's going to break like 515 for that 90 miles, but it goes to show that the level of talent in gravel, and we're going to start seeing it this year, there's world tour riders retiring, coming into the gravel space. And I think a few will have the rude awakening that everyone needs to go through, which is like, holy crap, gravel is different. This is a long day. I have to prepare myself in a totally different way. I have to, I don't have a team car that's just going to pull up and put another wheel on for me. Sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, we're going to see like really crazy, hard, fast races in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like I've kidded Tyler about this a little bit, but if, if gravel had been what it was 20 years ago, he definitely would have been that guy driving. I would have been doing it for sure. Oh, for yeah, sure. Way. <laughs> yeah. way more fun. Way more fun. Well, now you have your opportunity. Yeah, totally. It totally. It totally. Yeah. So how do people sign up for the race? What's the best, where's the best place to go to do that, Jess? So our website is the last best ride MT as in Montana.com. And we have everything right. you need to know on there. We even have a page about travel and lodging and um, where to fly into all the information about the scholar award and the registration link will take you to the run sign up page. 
and yes. we do have we do have spots left. Um, we're still in the permitting process for this year, so we're trying to open up more spots. But um, yeah, yeah, we've kept it open for now. There are but, limitations yeah. to various yeah. land use. Yeah. Restrictions and stuff for crowds, right? And you're in the weekend of August 19th through 21st? Yeah. So our Scholar Award happy hour and fundraiser is on Friday the 19th. And that's pre presented by Velocio. So we just gather, everyone gets a free drink coupon, hang out at this really cool outdoor brewery space. Um, and then we give away Velocio gift cards. Um, which is kind of a cool perk. Saturday, we'll do the Pinarello uh, Women's Ride and Brunch with Girls Gone Gravel podcast and JoJ Bar as a sponsor to that. That was a huge success last year. It was pouring rain on Saturday and we completely had to pivot. Like yeah. the women went out, like a hundred women left the bike shop on Saturday morning. And the guys in the shop said to me, I didn't know that you were having like all the racers pre-ride. And I said, that that's just the women. That's a woman's ride. They haven't seen that many women ride bikes together in, in like in the pouring rain. And so we were going to have a brunch in my neighbor's backyard and we ended up in the community center and it was super cool. Everyone just went in there. We pivoted what we were going to do and just sort of let everybody talk, let everyone introduce themselves, say something that made them feel vulnerable or what scared them in gravel and then what they loved about it. And so that turned out to be such a surprising, unique piece that we want to grow that. And we also want to have um, some other rides on Saturday. So, I mean, the guys can go out and do their thing too. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday is the race and we have really awesome local vendors. We have a chef, uh, Chef Tim of the Cuisine Machine. He does really cool custom food, like farm to table food. Um, but, you know, we've got the mac and cheese and the post, you know, the yummy postery stuff. And we have our local ice cream place does uh, huckleberry ice cream and a gravel road flavor for us. Yeah. And That's a great. local brewery. That's so great. it's a really fun bike party. We're balancing like keeping it small enough and respectful of this town that has a, the tourism rate is like off the charts and making sure that we're doing it in a way that we're giving back to our community and that it's something that is embraced here. Um, and that it's still like that gravel vibe. I, I don't ever see it becoming something that will never have prize money, you know, like that's always going to go to the scholar award and back into the community, but we'll have the super cool, you know, race prizes. We gave away these custom charcuterie boards this year with the state of Montana carved into them. So yeah, awesome. that, that's what we want at our event. What are the chances uh, Sam can get his Legion of Los Angeles team to come? We are going to, okay, so I'm trying to remember That'd who be cool. That'd get be cool. the whole team there. <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. CJ is a JoJ athlete, and he is definitely coming. So I'm right. very excited about that. We've been joking for the last year about how he's going to, like, take bear spray all over his bike. Um, there you go. There you go. So he's definitely coming. I think maybe Lance is coming. Um, right. I don't know if they've announced their women's roster, so I, I don't want to say which women are coming because there's some new women that are joining the team. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have probably four or five of his teammates. Great. I'll work on Justin and Corey. Right. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It would be. 
So yeah. Well, Laura King called you the hardest woman in cycling, the hardest working woman in cycling when she introduced us. And um, I'm uh, starting to agree. And that's, that's high praise because Laura works her tail off. Yeah. It takes one to know one, Laura. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to Ted and Sam's horror, <laughs> there's actually two, two people like Laura and Jess in the world. <laughs> and you know each other. And we know <laughs> each other. Part. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Ted and Sam are really similar. And Laura and I are really similar, which works out. But yeah. And like I said, again, Laura and so many other women, just like the hard work and being able to share is such is so special. Um, yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, how's Sam doing? Yeah. I mean, I got to watch him race at, uh, I only knew his name beforehand, but I got to watch him race in Knoxville, Tennessee at the U S national championships. It's like, who's this guy in the front all the time? Yeah. And there's this guy, yeah. Sam, Sam Boardman. Yeah. So strong. So. Yeah. When I saw him go with Kyle on lap two, I was like, what are you oh, doing? I was like, I thought he got to race for himself today, but it turned out that people were already tired on lap two Yeah, and it was like the right time to go. And that was the move. You know, he was up there with Kyle Murphy for hours and then hours, still yeah. on and they got caught and. I don't know where he finished. It doesn't matter. At he that did point. great. He did great. And the criterion, he pulled like the whole criterion yeah. to, as well. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. it all. It was hard just to be a fan and watch from the sidelines. It was, I know. That, it was that hot and humid. So, yeah, yeah, I've done that course, what, three times? And the last time I did it, I felt horrible. And when you feel that way in the heat, it's like altitude. You're just like, you're not yeah. coming back from it. It's so yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's super talented, super talented guy. And he'll be obviously racing with Legion again next year. And yeah. That's also, and he's also a teacher too, right? That's great. Yeah. He just finished all of his coursework for his master's in elementary ed. Wow. And he did a lot of substitute teaching over COVID, loves elementary education, um, really thrives in special education, um, has been able to make a great connection with those kids. So he's starting his um, teaching rotation here in Whitefish, actually, I think next week. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, he'll do that on the side. And then when he retires, whenever that is, he'll be able to go into a teaching career. That's great. Yeah. Teaching and gravel racing. Teaching and gravel racing. And you know his hair. There he's really popular. That fro is super popular with the elementary school kids. I bet. I bet. I bet. Well, tell him we said hello. We'd love to have him on the podcast maybe sometime in 2022. Oh, that'd be if, fun. If, yeah. if he's got time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Jess, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. yeah. What a pleasure. And uh, yeah. you thanks, stay on guys. top of Tyler. Make him make him come and race. <laughs> Pete, you're, you're, you're going to do drive time. I think yeah, you guys both need to meet me here in the middle and rendezvous in Whitefish. It is super on my radar because my, the the I understand the responsibility of leading yeah. up the race, but mine's mine's done like two weeks before yours, so I kind of I'm, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and figure it out and see if I can grab a spot before you sell out. You know, I'm it's so bummed that I can't go to yours because of that. Like it's just yeah. too stressful. I get it. Two weeks before though, like you two were just drinking from a fire hose, right? Yeah. Yeah. As the there's, crow there's, flies, you're as the crow flies. Your races are really close. I bet within. Within a hundred miles of each other, I bet. 
for sure in a straight yeah. line you have to in, in a straight line you, you kind of have to yeah. go in a in a yeah. square around. shape to, to yeah. get to, to around, around yeah. the national park but yeah they're yeah. they're they're really close so i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can do it i'm gonna give it a try and all right I'll, just, well, uh, I'll uh i'll just carry some bottles for ty yeah that'd be great <laughs> and food and my j extra jackets and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly. for, sure. for sure and sneakers for that steep part yeah, right. Don't yeah, wear yeah. road shoes on our course. Don't wear road shoes. No yeah. <laughs> road shoes on our course. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Jess, but, thank yeah. you again for doing this. What a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks again to Jessica for spending some time with us to record the podcast. We loved hearing about the ride. Again, we're going to share all of that information in the show notes so that hopefully you're able to check it out as well. Um, as we said at the top of the show, thank you everybody for listening, tuning in. We hope you all have a very safe and happy holiday and a great sincere thank you from both Tyler and myself for spending some of your valuable time with us. We will be putting together some highlight episodes. Hopefully those we can serve as some inspiration. We're going to try and take uh, the most inspirational little snippets from some of our amazing guests in 2021 and put them together in a compilation for you. Uh, depending on how long that runs, that'll work out to maybe three or four episodes or something like that. We'll roll all of that out over the holiday season here and just into the new year. And then we're going to hit 2022 hard with some super awesome guests. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon.